You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life. No purchase necessary. VTW, void, were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hey everyone. Welcome to Page to Stage. A conversation with theater makers. We're your hosts. That's Brian. And that's Mary. This episode is part of our series on Chicken and Biscuits, a new play by Douglas Lyons. In this series, we uncover the process behind the play through our central question. How has this play fed your soul? We hope you enjoyed this episode. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at chumpacasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hello, I'm Douglas Lyons, and I am the playwright behind Chicken and Biscuits. Ooh, and very special because Douglas is our second guest, or our first guest to appear twice on our podcast. So very, very excited to sit down with, with Douglas again. I actually haven't seen your face in so long. We've been like messaging and all this stuff, but... I know, I know. 
It's also so exciting because this kicks off our mini series on chicken and biscuits, which uh, Douglas mentioned he's uh, making his playwright debut on Broadway this season. Uh, They begin previews in September, end of September, and opening night is October 10th. So that's really exciting. We're we're actually planning to go see October 9th right before they open. So you got your tickets yet? We did. We did. Okay. We do. Uh, Don't worry. We we read the play last night. It was amazing. I thought like everything like truly jumped off the page. You know, the characters were so well fleshed out. Everything was really nicely balanced. Um, So I'm so excited to like do this mini series here on Page to Stage. So if we could just begin by you, Douglas, explaining when did the idea first come to you for the story? What was your inspiration for it? The original concept was going to be a four-person play with Kenny Logan, um, Benita, and Reginald. And it was going to be... Uh, so Reginald is taking over uh, the church, the like family church that Bernard, who was passed, used to be the pastor of. Uh, Benita is the matriarch of the family. Kenny is her queer son. And Logan, um, which Michael Urie plays, is the Jewish boyfriend to Kenny. And the original concept was that unannounced, Benita popped over to their apartment and she was the guarantor of their apartment and saw all these pictures of this white boy who she thought was just his roommate, um, but learns that it's his partner. And Logan comes home because he left his wallet at the apartment and Kenny's trying to defuse them meeting each other because this was not a planned meeting. And Logan's like, is somebody else here? And Kenny's like, absolutely not. And then the toilet flushes. And uh, Logan assumes it's, you know, another man, he's cheating. And so he goes to the bathroom door and curses her out before he's even met her. She swings open the door. And that was the beginning of the play. That was the original concept that I was playing with. Um, And then life got busy, things were crazy. And I was like, I love that conceit, but how can I expand it? And I buried a family member in like 2017. um, And because I have a big family on both sides. I've been to a lot of funerals and it hit me. There's a lot of behavior and a lot of love and reunion and comedy at these black funerals that would be really parallel for the American stage. And so I took the butt of that idea and expanded it into what Chicken and Biscuits has become. So when did you first start writing it? You you said um, in 2017, was that, or was it before then? The first draft of Chicken and Biscuits was sent to Jalen Levingston in August of 2017. 18 because he sent on the first day of rehearsal he sent me the email Um, and i was like this is the first draft man very nice meeting you read it and let's talk because we had met at a britain the sting concert their very first concert Mm. we just happened to be sitting next to each other and uh i was like hey man i'm a playwright sort of and an actor and i'm working on some things and i'm always looking for black collaborators he's like oh i'm a actor and writer and director and i was like cool maybe you want to read this thing i have 30 pages of and he read it and then I kept working and then I sent him the full draft in August 2018 we had a reading that Lilius White starred in in November of 2018 and then three readings during 2019 one of which was with the Queen's Theater um, and that's where we did the world premiere at the top of the pandemic in 2020 mm-hmm. like February March 2020 yeah 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 so as Brian had said like 
the characters really just they're so well fleshed out that they just jump off the page. And I took a playwriting class in grad school. I'm not a playwright, <laughs> but I took that class in grad school. And I, I like fully, that, that was the first time I think where I fully appreciated just how important it is to, to really work through the characters so that they each have their own voice. And as I was reading it last night, I could, I was like hearing their voices in my head. So I'm super excited to actually hear the actors speak the words because I mean, I was I, I have one perspective of how it could be interpreted, but they have a much better and more professional way that, that it could be interpreted. And so I'm just super excited. So I wanted to just mention that because I know from my class how difficult it was for me to kind of, you know, assign a different voice or write it out so that the characters all have very unique voices, especially when you have a lot of characters because for me at least it was very easy for one voice to kind of blend with the other especially if they're family and so I don't know if that was a process that you went through at all because was is this your first play that you've written I know you've my worked first in play okay. yeah it's my first full-length play I think as an actor first you know I was a Broadway actor and touring and things um I learned in studying a lot of television and film and sort of my style I'm learning is to try to be a bridge between Hollywood and Broadway. So my scripts are intentionally cinematic. Um, and because I feel like I'm not this like highbrow writer, I like writing the human condition. And so my characters are always very accessible by their personalities because that's just how I know how to write. Like I don't write really crazy events and really wild things. I write people that wild things happen to, and then we watch them react. And I think that's the magic of human nature. And that's what makes musicals and plays very relatable. You know, something like Once, which is just like a guy and a girl, right? But there's something beautiful and magical to the simplicity of that. And so that's always my end as a writer is how can I take the most simplistic people, air quotes, and make them dramatic and make their experience dramatic for the American theater, because that's how you reach the masses. When you come in and you see someone that looks just like you, who's been through what you've been through, and then you relate even more. So yeah. that's kind of my style. I love that you mentioned that you write in a cinematic way, because I totally felt that reading the play. Um, and I'm just wondering, it was just so um, well-balanced, nuanced, and like heartfelt, especially between the comedy and the seriousness of these situations. How do you find that balance in your script? You know, like when you're in the development process, is that a lot of between you and your director, you and um, other creative team members, producers? producers? Uh, I listen. Right. So on the first day of rehearsal for Broadway, I can't believe I'm saying that for Broadway, um, we had a table read and we had a discussion about people's reactions and some things that, you know, I'm like, oh, oh, I don't want that to be confusing or I don't want I'm not trying to say that at that moment. And so I listen and I edit and I always make sure what is landing is what I'm really trying to say. And if it's unclear to the actor, it's going to be unclear to the audience because they're not going to know how to relay it. So I feel like, especially the theater, the audience is your scene partner. Like they will teach you so much. That's why I'm excited for previews. And I don't think I know it all, but I know these characters and I know how they might react if you put them in a different situation. So there's a big uh, scene towards the end of the play of healing. Um, and it had a different ending during the world premiere. And I rewrote it 
like overnight in rehearsal. And now it's sort of broken open the play in a brand new way because the discoveries and the conversations during this rehearsal period brought us to a new level of, of possibilities. So that's kind of how I craft. I really lean on the actors and making sure it's clear. Um, and then within the world, you start adding things because, you know, as a comedy, you always want to figure out that rhythm. But that's what the process has been thus far. Well, it's really interesting because like as an actor, you're always seeing the play through the character's eyes. But can you describe what it's like to see it from the playwright's vantage point? Like versus like if you were in Chicken and Biscuits playing one of these characters, you know, versus now you have this whole you're responsible for this whole vision and storytelling. Well, I like to feed off of what I see. So in the world premiere production at Queen's Theater, during this sort of chaotic scene, Ebony Marshall Oliver, who plays Beverly, she played it there and she's originating on Broadway. She got up one day and she made this face that was not a line at the time, but her face, the subtext of her face said, oh, you do, huh? And I went, okay, I'm going to make that a line. And I gave her a line there for that face that she made. That face and line then got a laugh in the play itself. So I'm always watching to see the world that they're creating with the language I've given them. And from that, we build. Um, it's all about clarity. It's like all about clarity. What are you trying to say with what you've written? And is it landing in the way that you intended? Because sometimes you think, you know, at home by yourself, you're writing something, you're like, oh, it's going to be a beautiful moment. People are going to be crying. And then everyone's laughing. You're like, oh, oh it, we didn't want that, you know? So... I'm always watching them build the performances and I'm trying to figure out a way to help them serve the best performance that they can find. And if the language is getting in the way or they're stumbling on this one line, how do I make it cleaner? How do I make it easier to say? Um, because if they feel comfortable, then the story will land even the more. So you've brought up the, the, the actors and the cast. And so I'm curious about the casting process, I guess, first and foremost, if we wanted to jump back to the Queens theater world premiere, because you said a few of the actors have been are also making their Broadway debut with the show. Um, so how how was the casting process way back in what was it 2019? Yeah, we cast at the end of 2019 for Queens Theater. And on that specific contract, um, we had to have two non-union actors. So there were six equity actors and two non-union actors. Uh, one of them that was non-union was Anya Mazel. Um, who will be making her Broadway debut now as a union actor in the role of Latrice. And something I think I've learned with Jalen over this casting process is unicorns. We are looking for comedians who are unicorns and special and unique and not stock. You may not see these actors everywhere, but when you see them in this play, you're going to be like, whoa, that was, that was funny. That was tight. Um, and so with Queens, we found a really nice dynamic of some people that had done readings before and then some people that were brand new. Uh, Alana, who plays Simone, was the only person that had done the majority of the readings um, in that particular production. And then three of the actors from Queens are going to be on stage reprising their roles. And uh, Jennifer Fouché, who was Benita in Queens, is now the standby swing for the three women for Broadway because she's that phenomenal. So um, Michael Yuri had done a fundraiser reading for the Next Wave Initiative that I started in the spring. And Norm Lewis has always been a support and kind person. And it just felt like it was a fit. 
And then I saw Cleo King when I was in LA on vacation on a TV show on Mike and Molly. And I was like, who is that? Who is that? Who is that? And so that's how that happened. Oh, I didn't know that. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, that was was pretty recently. That was right. Yeah, that was June. Yeah, we, (laughs) we, so it all happened very quickly. Like, the possibility of us going to Broadway was only a thought in like March, April because things had shifted with American Buffalo. And then, like, mid April, I found myself coming to Midtown and my mask walking around, circling the square to see if it was a possibility that our show would work. Mind you, this is all during the panorama all like in secret you can't say anything and it's like well you could you might go to bra it could go to bra it's like great okay they had Uh, you looking at the theater before you really knew or not oh yeah yeah yeah. we didn't know because we had to make sure that it was going to serve the story because circle and square is a very specific space i was going to say i mean is it a spoiler to say if you guys are doing it in the round or if you guys are doing thrust? I, I can't even remember. You bought the tickets, Mary, so I didn't it's, look at it's the seating like a, chart. No, it's, it's, a, it's like a three-quarter thrust. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but you can see that on Ticketmaster, so we're not giving anything away. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah, true. But we were, like, walking through to see if we could do it in this space. And then there had to be some union approvals. And the, like, call for me that I was going to Broadway was very weird because it was, like, this step happened and then this step happened and then this step happened. And then I was coming home from New Haven where the play takes place and Hunter Arnold called me and he was like, Hey, you know, because I couldn't hear him. I had my like headphones and he was like, what about the do? And I was like, what? He's like, and I'm like, get home and I'm on the toilet. He's like, you're going to be a Broadway playwright. And I was like, what? <laughs> it, was, <laughs> it was like in steps. Oh my um, God. So that, that was that. But so we knew, I want to say late May, early June, but because I've been so <sighs> shifted by this pandemic, I like don't believe anything until I'm on set, until I'm in the room, until the check clears. So I was carrying this thing for like six or seven weeks. I wasn't really telling people. I was sort of telling friends, but I always felt like the world could be pulled, you know, from out under me. And then uh, June 24th, they officially announced and I was like, well, now you're liable. So I guess this is really happening. Um, and before, right before that, I went to LA on a little vacation, air quotes, which turned into casting because mm-hmm. Erica Hart, our amazing casting director, and Jalen were having initial auditions and callbacks from self-tapes. And then he went to Korea to do Town. I came back from LA and we had final callbacks. He zoomed in from Korea and yeah, and we cast the show like the week before it was announced. Um, so many crazy were you guys actively pitching this to producers and theaters uh, like you know from queen's theater to broadway how did hunter arnold come to you and eventually say we're going to produce this we're going to put it up on broadway we're getting it in the circle in the square people are going to love this story so in 2019 fall um, i'm all over the social i use social media as a way to promote the work when you're a new writer and a new actor i feel like it's the best tool to get your work out there right so Fall of 2019, Hunter followed me on Instagram. And I don't know if it was just the algorithms or how he found me or whatever. And so when I went to look at this new person who's following me, it said, Hades Town, the producer. What do you think I did? I slid into his DMs and I said, Hey, man, how are you? I'm Douglas Lyons. I'm a writer, actor. I have some shows. You should read them. And every five weeks thereafter, I would send him a message. Hey, have you read Vote? Have you read Chicken Abyss? Hey, have you read, have you read chicken? Right. And then the pandemic hit 
And we all, well, I won't speak for everyone, but I was in my apartment crying and depressed and confused as to what was going on outside. And it was maybe May, June, I got a random message from him that was like three paragraphs long. That was like, I should have read it. And I should have looked at this a long time ago. And I would love to figure out a way to work with you. And from that moment for the next year, we were trying to figure out what projects we could or could not do. We hadn't met yet. We didn't meet until 2021 when we could like come outside and hug each other. Um, But there were conversations about various projects. And then because of his relationship with Once on this Island um, and Godspell, he was already in with this theater. And there was like a little small possibility that he's like, I think I might be able to get chicken and biscuits. And I was honestly not looking for this. It was not like Broadway is the next stop. That was not the intention. We didn't know what we were going to do after Queens. And uh, he talked to the theater owner. More conversations were happening. They read the script. People really liked it. And then we were walking around the theater. And so it was a gradual surprise to get us to where we were. But because I slid in the DMs of a Broadway producer, we're now here. I mean, I don't want to say like everyone take note, but like take note, I guess. What do you have to lose? The worst that can happen is you're ignored or they respond and pass, but you lose nothing by saying I'm here and I take up space. So read this thing. And if if you don't like it, cool, but at least I put myself forward. If I remember correctly, back to episode 18 of page to stage podcast, our guest Douglas Lyons may have said those same words. (laughs) Literally, I remember you telling the same gist of what do you do to follow up with somebody to make sure they read your work and get your work out there. So he's he's made it to Broadway, y'all. <laughs> Since oh then, my goodness. Isn't oh it crazy? Goodness. It's so crazy. So wait, so when you were at Queen at the Queen's Theater pre um Panini, um you were <laughs> You so Broadway was never for Chicken and Biscuits was was not really like next step or like I mean I'm sure maybe it was like hopeful wishes but that was never something you were actively pursuing from Queens Theater. No, I mean <laughs> our our run got interrupted. So I mm-hmm. at the same time I was doing Five Guys Named Mo at Westchester Broadway as an actor, and so we pushed back opening a week so I could close Five Guys and then be there for opening weekend of Chicken and Biscuits, which was March sixth, seventh, and eighth, and that ninth was our like theater industry night and it was sold out in the box office but when we showed up it was like half capacity and it was very it was like this is strange how could we be sold out but i think people had already started hearing about coronavirus Mm. and we were supposed to come back to performance that thursday night i believe and that's when broadway shut down the 12th wild that's Um, wild but no i i we had just gotten one review you know word it just started buzzing about and like our final performance had sold out so people were like coming back and stuff and so there was some energy about it but broad broadway i was like broad me playwright this it's been three years since i put you know pen to page Mm. that's a crazy story yeah plus a pandemic in the middle of it right but i think a lot of that has to do with it's a testament to your character and your uh dedication but also passion like you were very passionate about the stories but also the people like mm-hmm. you're very invested in the people your people the people who are who are in your circle who you work with who are helping you develop your stories and i think that you know it's all like the good graces coming back to you it's like karma essentially good karma well just to piggyback off that like i i think it is as important to make the thing as it is to use the thing to bring people forward 
like what I love about Rent, and I will always go back to it because it was my first show, is that John and Lar- Jonathan Larson created a platform that discovered Adam Pascal, right? And Daphne Rubin Vega and Tay Diggs. We didn't know them before Rent the way that we do now. And so as writers, as you know, up and coming artists, if I have the ability to pull really talented people forward with my work, I'm going to do that. And I'm going to shoot from the rooftops and shout about them, right? And let everybody know that they're worth being seen. Because if we do that, the theater can become a more equitable and like large reaching space. I feel like it's such a small percentage of people that know what it can do. But if we really use our voices to go, hey, this this show is for you, this is cool. You have not seen a character like this before, but it's just like you come see it, more people will come to the theater. And so that's also part of my movement. Thanks, everyone, for listening to this episode of Page to Stage. This episode is part one of a two-part episode with today's guest. Check back next week for part two. To keep up with us, you can find us on Instagram and Facebook at Page to Stage Podcast. Until next time. That's Brian. That's Mary. We'll see you later. Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the Rise Theater directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E.org because only together we rise. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm gonna make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you wanna get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.